You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. If any of you wonder if you're going to make it, don't worry. God will see you through. It's a year with a difference. God will also give us different equipping to handle each and every challenge this year. So where you think normally the year starts off quite reasonable and slowish, this year started with a bang. So if we believe in God for every step that we take, everything will be all right. So today's message again is a message of hope. It will tell us how God has given us certain promises to see us through. And again, we're going to look at the scriptures. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures today. Some of them we'll do a bit quicker than others. But we're going to look at the scriptures as encouragement because the word, we just sang it now, the word is a light for our path. Amen. It's a lamp unto our feet. The word will be our guidance in times of trouble. So let's go through it and let's see what God wants to share with us today. So the sermon topic today is comfort in affliction. So we know that it doesn't always sound right. How can I have comfort in affliction? But let's see what the word of God says, how and why we should have comfort in affliction. Because we always see affliction as a negative thing. We see it as an attack on ourselves. We see it as something evil with major evil intent, but it doesn't matter because God is going to show us now how to handle these things, what to do when affliction comes. So we're going to start reading from Romans 8 verse 28 in the Amplified Bible. It says, that's why we can be so sure of every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Amen. Let me repeat that again. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. That was the Message Bible. The Amplified Bible says, We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. Amen. So the question is, do you believe that you have been called according to His design and purpose? If the answer is yes, then it says by default that you know things are going to work out for the better. In other words, don't worry. There's hope. God has given us hope. Amen. So like I said, we must trust God for everything in every area of our lives. So that is faith. That faith is believing that the best in every situation will come out. So the thing is, when you understand times and seasons, and Pastor often shares this with us, when you understand times and seasons, your approach in situations will be different. Your actions will be different. Your speech will be different. What you declare in that situation will be different to someone who is a non-believer. Because of the fact that you've got Jesus Christ in your heart, and you've been called for His purpose. So when you go through something, you know what the end is that has been intended by the Lord. Amen. So just on times and seasons, I want to share a scripture with you. Ecclesiastes 3, from verse 1 to 8. It says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, 
a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Amen. So what God says, good and bad, what we perceive as being good and bad can happen at different times and seasons in your life. If you walk with God, you will know what the origin is of the time that you're going through. If it's a time of war, are you blaming Satan for bringing warfare to you? Or are you thanking Jesus for this time of war so that you can walk out as victors on the other side? Amen. So we have to understand the times and seasons. Where it says a time to keep and a time to throw away. There's a time for success. There's a time for failure. The best thing that could have ever happened in my life was when I lost a business. And that's the time that I came to the household of Christ. Amen? So in that, you think when you look at the natural, Lord, why me of all these challenges? Why me of all these troubles? Meanwhile, God says, I want to bless you with the house called the household of Christ. And I'm bringing this, I'm allowing this to happen in your life so that you can go to the destination we have planned. Amen? So don't see these things as negative. So when you strengthen your relationship with Jesus Christ, the times and seasons will become far clearer to you. It will become clear. It will become something that you can rejoice in. So just understand, walk that path with God. So it's the Spirit of God that led Jesus into the wilderness. Amen? Jesus didn't say, I want to go into the wilderness. The Spirit of God led him there. So if we say that we are Spirit-filled, and situations happen to us. Did God not say, in times of trouble, I will be with you? When you get born again, no one says that there's going to be no trouble. If anyone tells you that there's going to be no trouble, it's a lie. Because we know that even blessings come with trials and tribulations. We oftentimes, we know that serious trials and tribulations are there to unlock serious blessing. Amen? So there are many scriptures that we're going to go through today to prove this. So if you, if you don't believe me, just hang in there. The question is, have you been tempted lately? So Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, he was tempted by Satan so many times. And he used the word of God, the sword of the spirit, to fight off the enemy. Amen? So it's important for us to know the word, to have the scripture in your mind, in your heart, in your mouth, that you have that warfare, that weapon of warfare, to take Satan on. So if you've been tempted lately, don't worry, you're at the right place. We all get tempted. If Jesus Christ himself was tempted, and he was the closest to ever be to God, what is stopping us from being tempted? Nothing. Amen? So when you get tempted, just know that you're in the same or a similar position that Jesus Christ was, just far easier, because Jesus was tempted with every single temptation that one could think of. So don't lose heart. It's a message of hope. The message of hope is make sure that you go through this trouble the way that Jesus Christ went through it. Amen. And that's why we've got the word of God. That's why we have these examples in the Bible so that we can have heart, so that fear doesn't grip our hearts. Pastor always tells us that fear is more deceptive than Satan himself. So when you are in these situations, don't let fear grip your heart. Just rely on Jesus Christ to show you the way out. Amen. So in challenging times, 
God is perfecting everything about you. So when you go through these troubles, God is building you up. It's training. It's training for reigning. If you want to reign one day with Jesus Christ, you're going to have to go through this training. If you look at the time when you maybe were at school and you wanted to progress to something else, it doesn't matter whether it's a practical job or a theoretical with practical, there's certain things that you have to learn. And oftentimes you'll find that people go out of universities, out of tertiary education, and they can't find work because everyone says you don't have any experience. Amen? So when you want to go ahead in life, how will you know to teach those around you, in your home cell group, at work, the brothers and sisters that fellowship with you in the household of Christ? How will you be able to assist them if you don't have that experience? So when you go through trouble, and I'll just explain to you the way that I've lost my business, a brother before me lost his business here in the household of Christ. And that brother was an example of how to lose a business and still raise his hand for Jesus Christ afterwards. And that experience that that brother had pulled me through my times of challenges because God shaped him to be able to help me again. Amen? So often, you know, we come and we praise and worship the Lord. We sing songs, Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. Amen? Jehovah Nisi, we reign in victory. Amen? Jehovah Shalom, my Prince of Peace. We come... The songs, I specifically listened to all the songs today. They were building up. They were declaring things. The question is, are we taking that to heart and believing that and living that? So if we come and say, yeah, Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider, but you don't have bread at home, you'll know that Christ will see you through. Amen? Amen. It's the only thing we have to stand on. So the people who don't have Jesus Christ in their lives, I often wonder, what is their anchor in life? What do they fall back on? When times get tough. Amen. They have to rely on people and their own strength. But our own strength is actually worth nothing to us or anyone else. So the, the sermon today is, is broken up into three major parts. So the first one is just trust God. Amen. Trust God. Trust God to show you times and seasons. The second one is to show us a prophetic picture. So if we can just understand prophetic pictures quickly i just want us to to just uh, uh, go to some scriptures let me just find the scripture that i'm looking for okay so let's take jeremiah 29 11 let's use that as the first example it says here from the message bible it says i know what i am doing i have it all planned out plans to take care of you not abandon you plans to give you the future you hope for amen so Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. Amen. That's the word of God. That is a prophetic word that God has given to us. The question is, what is the prophetic picture that the Lord has given you? What is the prophetic word that you've read and said, I take this word as a prophetic message in my life? And the thing is, once you get that word, you have to hold on to it like never before. When we started building this church, the pastor shared, the Lord said, by many or by few. And you know the story, when we wanted to send the bush cutters in, the pastor said, we're sending those bush cutters in. And it's like, okay, pastor, 
We, we don't have money. We've got nothing. You want to send the bush cutters in. What does it mean? It means that he saw a prophetic picture that the Lord showed him. Amen. And he acted upon that in faith. And things started being unlocked in the spirit and in the natural. In other words, when the Lord shows you that prophetic picture, hold on to it. Because at, there's a stage in your life that no one else will believe that you actually even received that prophetic picture. Amen. So, so look at Joseph, for instance, where Joseph, the Lord showed him a dream. And he showed his, his parents, his, his brothers will bow before him. And he goes and he shares the dream. What do they do? They said, okay, we're going to kill him. So there was serious evil intent. This, this, this young man, he's, he's, he's off the road. So let's get rid of him because it looks like he wants to, you know, have all these evil, evil things planned for us. So, so the Lord showed Joseph that, but he showed that he's going to be in a position of power at a stage in his life. And the family came and said, we don't like this. We don't want him to be in power. Because they didn't understand the times and seasons they have to go through so that they can be blessed by the, the deliverance power that God has bestowed upon Joseph. So what do they do? They throw him in the pit. And, and firstly, the pit is dry. So why is the pit dry? Pits are normally full of water. Amen. But the Lord even planned the pit to be dry that when Joseph is thrown into the pit, instead of being killed, that there's no water in that he can survive. And they sold him and he went from the pit he went uh, to the palace. He went to jail. He was in Potiphar's house where he was tempted himself by Potiphar's wife. So he did a few loops in and out of good and bad. But never did he lose heart because he knew the end intended by the Lord. The Lord showed him that vision. And that was what he held on to. Even while he was in the pit, he said, this is not where I belong. So what is your pit today? What is your Potiphar's house? What is your prison you have to, in that, realize that that is not what the Lord has intended for you. And you need to trust God to take you from there to that position of deliverance, to that position of being a, a blessing to bless others. Amen? So whatever it is that God has planned for you, you need to make sure that that vision that He's given you is a prophetic picture of your future. Amen? If you battle with prophetic word, don't come and sit here every Sunday and think the pastor is going to give you a word. The word of God in John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. If you want to see Jesus face to face, open your Bible. There's so many prophetic messages in here for you that you'll never run out. Amen? So just what you, what you read here, you must believe it, and you must declare it over your life. Amen? So... The key thing is, when you look at Psalm 23, it says, Though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, there's darkness. And oftentimes we find ourselves in this darkness and we say, Lord, I don't know where to go. It's dark. I can't see. I can't hear. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. The thing is just to trust Jesus to take you out of that. And he says, I will be with you. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. So sometimes... You know, we'll have protection. The shepherd will protect us from other evil things, but sometimes we need to be protected against ourselves. Amen? So there's a rod and there's a staff, so you must see which one is appropriate for your current situation. Amen? So we know that God brings good from evil. So in Joseph's story, 
What was intended for evil, God turned around for the better. So that's what we read in Romans 8. God will turn it for the good. And he often does. It doesn't say that when this thing happens, God is going to take the challenge away. He says, no, I'll see you through. So when the challenge comes, just know that you're going to make it. Amen. So God is perfecting everything about you. So the key thing is not to fear evil. Hold on to your prophetic picture of your good future. Take your family with, take your friends with. Although they might not believe you in stages because they'll say, you call yourself a Christian, look how you're acting. doesn't matter. Don't feel condemned. Amen. Repent and move on. But it doesn't change God's prophetic picture in your life. So, if we can just go to James 5 verse 11. So, we know we have to trust God. We know we have to, we know we have to rely on God to show us a prophetic picture. To show us what our future will look like. But we also have to realize that in times of trouble, we have to glory and have endurance and praise God and everything in that time of trouble. So the scriptures that we're going to share with you now will, will give you some encouragement. So James 5 verse 11 says, What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power. And you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares. He cares right down to the last detail. So God cares about each and every one of your situations to the last detail. But there's a challenge in there. There's, it's called staying power. All of you know the story of Job. If you go and read the story of Job, it was not easy challenges that he faced. Major, major challenges that even his wife looked at him and she couldn't take this anymore. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? And he had the staying power. If only we can have the staying power, we can make it. But God has planned it in every detail. The word of God also says, you will not be tempted above your ability. Amen? So it doesn't mean that if Job went through all those things that you as an individual will make it. But God won't bring the things over your path that you won't be able to endure. So just know that everything that comes your way will be handleable by yourself. Okay. So that's the one scripture. So it's about staying power. The next scripture is Romans 5 verse 3. So you all know the scripture very well. The question is, do you live the scripture? It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen? So glory in tribulation. So when you're linked up with God and you understand your prophetic picture, the moment that the challenge comes, you almost have to glory because you know, <laughs> my God is just going to see me through. Satan can throw it to me. Or what looks like in the natural like an attack. You know that God will turn this around for the better at some stage. But you'll have to see it through. It doesn't mean it's going to stop today because you attend a prayer line today. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. It might be 10 years from now. There was something that I prayed with a pastor once that 8 years after we prayed for it. We could only start seeing the manifestation. So staying power. And I'm sure all of you have situations like that. That it feels like there's no solution. Just wait there. God's time is the best. Don't want the solution to happen in your time. 
Because if, if Joseph was saved from the pit, he would never get to the palace. Amen? Then he would never have been in a situation to deliver others from their hunger, from their issues, and, and let that be poured out back to Israel from Egypt. Amen? So God even uses Egypt's money, which is the enemy's money, to boost those in the kingdom of God. So the money of the unrighteous will go back to the righteous. God will bring restoration. Amen. So the next scripture is James 1 verse 2. And the scripture reads, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Because the only way you can do that is if you know that in the spirit things have been sorted out by Jesus Christ already. We know that God has gone out before us already. God knows what is happening, but he's testing our obedience. He's testing our staying power. He's testing our ability to rejoice when things are bad, because we tend to rejoice when everything is great. Oh, God is so good, you know. I've got this new job and everything. What if you don't get the job? Because God hasn't planned that specific job for you. Then you go, oh, now what did I do wrong? And you start condemning yourself. You start wondering, is, is God now punishing me? What did I do wrong? This is the job I wanted. And then six months or a year down the line, you get a much better job with much greater opportunities. And when you look back in your life, oftentimes you realize that everything's worked out perfectly well. So it's not always for evil. God is equipping you. It's that training for reigning. It's not unto death. Our challenges are not unto death. Our challenges are there to equip us. Our challenges are there to make us better. What does it look like when you come at work and people say, how are you doing? Oh, no, I'm so down, you know. These challenges, they're just tripping me up. I'm never going to make it. And they go, but this guy's a Christian. How can he declare that if he's a Christian? I don't want to be a Christian. So Christians are overcomers. Amen? We're overcomers. God has sent his son to deal with all these things. When he died on the cross, he went into hell. And he lived all these issues that we worry about from day to day. He lived through those, but he survived because he had God seeing him through. When he came up, that resurrection power is today our resurrection power. It was in one of the songs as well. The same power that got Jesus Christ from the death is the power that's bestowed upon us as Christians. Because Jesus Christ lives in our heart. We in our hearts. Matthew 5 verse 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. There's nothing wrong with mourning. If you, if you lose a loved one, there's nothing wrong to mourn. Mourn. Because when you mourn, God will comfort you. Amen. John 14 1 says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And in me being Jesus Christ. So, do you believe that you are being called according to his purpose? Do you believe that? Romans 8.28, we've read it. I'm just going to read you another version. It says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So once again, the matter is settled. If you're a child of God, things will work out according to his purpose. 1 Thessalonians 3.7 says, For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. That's why you have, to be, you have to be faithful. You have to have faith that you can endure, that you can be strong. It's the faith in Jesus Christ that will bring breakthrough in your life. Nothing else. It's the faith of the work on the cross that will take you from a place where you're sick to being healed. From being possessed to being delivered. Amen? It's faith in Jesus Christ. The work on the cross 
is what unlocks everything. And then 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself. God is your protector. God is your provider. He's your healer. He's your deliverer. He's your, the person who's going to bless you. Amen. He's the source of your faith. He's also everything that your faith is about. He's the author. He's the finisher of your faith, according to Hebrews. Amen. So don't despair. In times when it goes tough, you just ask Jesus to see you through like he did Joseph. If God did it for Joseph, he can do it for you and he can do it for me. One last scripture. Hebrews 12 from verse 11 to verse 7. It says, do you see what this means? It's from the Message Bible. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get going on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. So there's endurance again. Never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. So we have to get rid of the baggage. What are the things standing between you and Jesus Christ? There's baggage. We've all got baggage. Amen? So we have to get rid of that baggage. Declutter your mind. Declutter your heart. Get rid of the rubbish that's standing between you and Jesus Christ. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it. So that's where Jesus Christ becomes our example. Don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself with Jesus Christ. Amen? So follow his ways, not your friend's ways, not Gogo's ways. Oman, Opa. Now, where, we, where do we run when we have trouble? We run to people close to us. Oh, Granny, I've got this issue. Granny's not even saved. So why ask Granny? Ask Jesus. So compare yourself to Jesus Christ. Amen? Study how Jesus did it himself. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God, so he finished in and with God. You have to be part of a fellowship agreement with Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit to finish in and with them. So he could put up with anything along the way. So think about it. Cross, shame, whatever. What is there that is whatever in your life? It could cover anything. So he endured the cross. He endured the shame. It says whatever. In other words, he endured everything. So the question is now, is your situation that you are facing worse than the cross? Is it worse than the shame that Jesus went through? Is it worse than anything that Jesus Christ went through? No, it's not. It's a speck of a bigger picture. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God, where we all want to be at the end of the day, the place of honor. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, Go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. You know, so if you think you're in an hostile environment, just put yourself in Jesus' shoes and see how he would have handled that and just do the same. Amen. You will come out on the other side. It says that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Imagine someone that's dying and the ICU uh, sister or doctor or whatever is there. And the heart is going into standstill, into failure. 
they put adrenaline into you, okay, to try and revive you, to try and get those muscles going again. So it says here, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls in this all-out match against sin. Others have suffered far worse than you to say nothing of what Jesus went through, all that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. That's the key thing. Don't have a pity party. You know, so at one stage when I just joined the church, there was a saying that we, when we used to complain about stupid things, our brothers and sisters would say, Elka issue at a tissue. You know, so stop crying. You know, stop crying about how major and special your situation is and how unique your sickness is. God doesn't look at uniqueness with illnesses and situations. He sent his son to die for it. It says, have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. Is the child he loves, that he disciplines, the child he embraces, he also corrects. Amen. So God corrects you, disciplines you, because he loves you. Those of you who have children, those of you who have parents um, that discipline, you know, that use discipline in my house. My kids can vouch for that. There's discipline. You know, they say spare the rod and spoil the child. doesn't mean kill your child with a rod. It means just at the right time, at the right place, give the child a good hiding if he needs it. Otherwise, talk to him. You know, so different strokes for different folks. So whatever is your thing, don't not give your child discipline. They, they need that discipline like we need God sometimes to help us. Amen. It says God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. So when the discipline comes, rather see it as something positive. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training. Amen. That was a very long scripture, but it is powerful. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus. See discipline for what it is. And let's not participate and partake in pity parties. Let's say, you know what, Lord, I see this issue in my life. I know you're going to see me through. Rather show me the way. Show me in your word, Lord, what would Jesus have done in my same situation. So when you go out this week, this year, going forward, and your troubles look like they want to overtake you, just know that Jesus Christ is there for you. God is there for you. He loves you. He's got everything worked out. Everything's been done before. He sent his son to die for each and everything that can happen to you. Amen. So hold on. Don't change your confession. Don't change your declaration. Hold on to Christ like never before. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.